Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, along with my co-host, David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. Our guest today will be Bill Pickney, who is the author of a book he wrote called A Tale of Two Climates. It's definitely going to be an interesting interview as we are going to get into a deep discussion on climate and climate change. It's an interview that you won't want to miss. But first, let me tell you about TEKS, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition's upcoming mixer that is set for June 24th at the beautiful Fogo de Chao on the San Antonio Riverwalk. There will be lots of people attending from up, mid, and downstream. They'll also have great door prizes, lots of yummy food, and of course, plenty of cocktails and drinks. This will be a sold out event. Get your tickets now. For sponsorship and ticket, please go to shellmag.com. Click on the banner ad of Fogo de Chao and you can purchase your tickets or sponsor the event right there. I'd also like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover was Moda Midstream, one of the largest midstream companies in North America. And turns out they're a very interesting company. They have three different executives that own and run that company. And Shell Magazine was able to catch up with them and get the scoop on all that they're up to and the growth that they are having is phenomenal. Definitely a story that you do wanna read up on. For more information, go to shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Read all about Moda, buy yourself a ticket for the Fogo the Chow event in San Antonio and I will see you there. And now it's time to welcome on my co-host, David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is, and boy, it is a hot one. Let's talk about, uh, we've had another big week for oil prices, with WTI rising above 72 for the first time in 32 months on Tuesday. Do you think that we're getting near the peak, and does this rally still have some ways to go? Because... A couple of shows back, we discussed Goldman Sachs, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that we might get to over 80 by, what, the end of summer. So yep. is this where we're heading? Oh, yes, I think we are, definitely. Um, I don't really see, you know, we had a pullback in the price later in the week, uh, temporarily, because the market predictably overreacted to uh, the Fed saying it might start raising interest rates in 2023, for crying out loud. I mean, dear oil investors, if you're making bets on oil prices based on an assumption the Fed will never raise interest rates again, you are in the wrong business. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it's going to keep going up. That was a blip. And um, and there's because there's just no reason for it not to. It's it's um, all the global factors uh, right now anyway are. Uh, would, you know, agitate for higher prices. And, uh, you know, unless we have another virus or something, you know, some major global shakeup like that, it's really hard to see how that changes. Right. Well, what do you say 
to the critics that are going that are saying, well, is it going to go up to that hundred dollar mark? Remember, there had been a lot of that wild speculation. Yeah. Well, you know, a year back, some I've even heard two hundred, and I'm like, what? That's insane. <laughs> well, I have to say, I don't think a hundred's out of the question within the next twelve but months. Two hundred. Two hundred. Um, well, <laughs> look, we have had we have had a shortage of what of investment in new oil and gas resources because of the radical environmentalists yeah. and, and, and their takeover right. of a lot of lot of these private equity companies. Right. Uh, we have had a shortfall of about three hundred and forty billion dollars in new investment since 2015 in our industry. And what that means is we are destined to have a shortage of crude oil on the market unless global demand collapses. Now, uh, you know, the radicals are trying to do everything they can to collapse global demand too, but they're not going to be successful in that because people need crude oil. Right. And, and it's just used for literally everything in our lives. It involves crude oil. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have to tell you, within the next five years, I, I wouldn't rule out seeing $200 oil prices. Okay. And I've never, I've never said that before. Yeah, it's a new day. <laughs> I used to yeah. make fun of people who said that. Yeah, the, well, we, I know we were. So let's talk about Saudi Arabia, because they announced that they are raising their own oil production levels in July from 10 million barrels per day. That's an increase of about 1.5 million barrels. Yep. So is global demand really recovering this quickly? What's stirring uh, yeah. levels to increase? Right. No, I think it is. I think it definitely is. And, you know, we, you and I have been talking about this since last fall, um, you know, just consistently telling our audience that demand was recovering faster than the, quote, experts were telling us it was at the, you know, International Energy Agency and in the Biden administration and all these, you know, experts that we're supposed to listen to have been poo-pooing this, but it has consistently risen faster than it was predicted to uh, over the past nine months. And yes, I, Saudi Arabia is going to pump out an extra 1.5 million barrels a day starting in July, and the price isn't going to go down. It's going to go up because, you know, we have now uh, have a shortage of crude on the market already. And luckily, OPEC Plus has, you know, potential production capacity and reserve to meet that demand at least for the next year or so. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, uh, you know, we could really be in trouble where, where oil prices and, the, of course, gasoline prices are concerned. Well, let's bring it back to the great state of Texas. And uh, Governor Abbott told reporters on Wednesday that the Texas power grid was the best that it has ever been, uh, <laughs> despite the fact, right, that ERCOT yeah had issued warnings all last week about the lack of adequate generating capacity, meaning there's just not enough to keep everything on. Given the craziness that we have seen in the grid this year and Snowgate in February, mm -hmm. what do you think Governor Abbott is trying to convey here? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, so what it appears to me, and, it, and it's, it's like he and the Public Utilities Commission and the people at ERCOT and the leaders in the legislature have now all kind of come together and gotten behind a, a set of joint talking points okay. that are frankly not, don't reflect reality. Mm -hmm. And they're all going to be out there saying, 
oh golly, you know, we fixed the grid during the regular session and they didn't fix the grid during the regular session. Right. But that's apparently what the Republican strategy is going to be uh, in order to avoid having a special session to really try to fix the problems on the grid. And that's a very risky strategy. It, it you know, they're obviously hoping that ERCOT can somehow manage the grid through this summer, which my goodness, we're not even in summer yet. Okay. Right. And we're already having these warnings. What's going to happen in late July and the month of August and early September when it's really, really hot people sitting in the dark. With yeah. Their yeah. And so I, I just think what's happened is they've just decided they're not going to call the special session that the governor promised us all. The governor promised us all he would call if the legislature didn't fix the issues on the grid. Mm-hmm. And he is breaking that promise. And we need to understand that and hold him accountable for it next year. If he has a viable, I've voted for Greg Abbott, you know, throughout his whole career. And, and I've always had a lot of respect for him. But I will tell you, I will not vote for him next year uh, if not something is not done to fix this grid. And nothing's been done that's going to fix the grid, folks. It just hasn't. Well, David, I thought, though, that we were going to go into a special session for the redistricting period. We are. Yeah, we are. We do. He can't just add this in there if there's enough pressure on the governor to add this in there. He could. Sure, he could. Uh, But it's, I think, given his rhetoric, you know, last week he said that everything that needed to be done to fix the grid was done during the session. Again, that's not really right, folks. I don't want to say it's completely false, but it's really not right. And, and so he's just decided he's not going to do that, that the Republicans, I'm sure the legislative leaders in the legislature don't want to have a special session on it because they've been out there saying they fixed everything when they really haven't. And, and so that's what we've got now. And I'm a Republican, I'm a lifetime Republican, and I'm very worried about the future of the Republican party. If we have a bunch of blackouts in August and September, and, and have a major winter storm again next year, uh, we could be looking at a blowout against them right. uh, in next year's election. So this is very concerning to me, and I'm just not going to be quiet about it. Right. Well, I mean, and I think that the fact that they don't understand that, you know, we are at the end of the day Texans, and we're going to hold them accountable in the sense we remember at the voting box. And even if it is another Republican that is running against them. And this is exactly what they're going to use against them. They were there, they didn't want to go back to work. And so therefore they just left this hanging. And now here we are all uh, without energy. Um, And you know, the most vulnerable, the elderly are going to be affected. We're going to see casualties. We're gonna see loss of life. And it just didn't have to be that way. But- No, it didn't. We lost 200 souls uh, in February. Right. And so what will we lose this summer, especially in our vulnerable population, the elderly, because they opted not to uh, start really looking at it and fixing. They did. I, I want to be clear. They did do some bills and they did, they did do some things, yes, but they didn't complete the whole entire thing that they needed to to fix the problem once and for all. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this segment. But when we return, we will be joined by Bill Peckney, who is the author of The Tale of Two Climates. We're definitely going to be talking about climate change. So don't go away. You're listening to In the Wolfpack Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find And now, David, it is time to welcome on our guest, author of A Tale of Two Climates, One Reality and One Imaginary, is author and climate scientist Bill Peckney. Well, welcome to In the Law Patch Radio Show. We're really excited to have you today um, because we're talking about one of our favorite topics, which is climate change. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, obviously, when we talk about the weather. Uh, is there such thing as a climate uh, change occurring, which obviously there always is, but how much of it is hoax, how much of it is reality. And we love to get our scientists on the show to talk to us about what really is going on and get different points of view. But before we get started with, you know, asking questions about your book, your recent book, A Tale of Two Climates, One Reality and One Imaginary, tell us a little bit about yourself today. Uh, and of course, a little bit about um, your scientific background so our listeners really understand where you're coming from in your level of expertise. First of all, thank you for having me. I am, I am honored to be with you today. Um, Education-wise, my Bachelor of Science degree was in physics from DePaul University in Chicago, uh, followed by graduate school at Florida State. And then uh, the Army uh, brought me into the fold <laughs> uh, in, the, uh, in 1970, the Vietnam War era, and uh, so I began my career, two careers actually, which ended up uh, 27 years with the Army, 22 of it on active duty, and uh, another 20-year uh, career in the aerospace industry. While in the Army, I had the honor of, I was scheduled to go to Vietnam with the 101st Airborne, but they decided since I had just uh, finished a, a tour with the Navy Hurricane Hunters that, that, that sufficed for hazardous duty. <laughs> and they decided to uh, take advantage of my uh, meteorology background and 27 years later, the thread through all of my different jobs in the Army uh, uh, were atmosphere related. And then another uh, 20 years of the same thing um, engineering and science and project management, again, with uh, the thread being our, our atmosphere and, and uh, how we uh, live in it. So that's my background. Uh, uh, 
work-wise and uh, education-wise. I'm married to my wonderful wife, Nancy, for 50 years now this year. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. And she's been uh, an integral part, uh, an inspiration um, for me in getting this book done. I'm not sure I would have ever gotten it done if, if it hadn't been for her gentle, thoughtful, common sense prodding, if you will. So that's me. And we have three boys, uh, um, all out of the nest now, two in St. Louis, one in, in Florida. And so um, after two careers, I retired five years ago and decided to uh, finally get to writing this book. I was just going to say we're excited because we typically have quite a few scientists that come on and David uh, picked up on your book and brought it to our attention. And so I'm mm -hmm. very happy. We're very happy. Anytime we get a chance to talk about um, climate change and helping set the story straight, it's important uh, to us and to the show. David, I know you have a question. Go right ahead, dear. Yeah. Uh, so, so Bill, I, yeah, this, this subject is fascinating to me. I, I just, so you know, believe that, uh, climate change hysteria that we, that we have gone through for the last 20, 30 years is really in large part a religious exercise of, of the, the true believers. Uh, there is some science involved, obviously, but, but so much of what we hear about climate change is essentially religious dogma, in my view. And uh, one of the big pieces of that dogma has been the, the uh, myth uh, frankly, that Al Gore really started back in 2005 with his Inconvenient Truth film, mm -hmm. that hurricanes uh, and, and other cyclonic events are bound to become stronger and more frequent um, due to climate change. And, and, and we still see people making that claim today right. um, as we've gone through time. And I just I know your book focuses on that subject, so I, I, I wanted to just start by asking you the question, are hurricanes stronger today than they were, say, 30 years ago, and are they more frequent? Uh, intensity and, and frequency are the two typical measures, and the answer to both is no, they are not getting um, more frequent, or are they getting stronger? And you have to be careful when you say that, the, the, the trend. A lot of people tend to conflate weather and climate. Weather yeah. these instantaneous events, our backyard, uh, what's happening today, tomorrow, next week, and so on. Climate is where we're talking about long-term trends in weather and the results of weather. And by long-term trends, I mean 30 plus years and the longer the better. So we're looking at trends here and um, when you look at it in that perspective, and, and then climate also covers a large area. Uh, typically, uh, we've been talking in the 70s about global cooling, and, in, and now in the last 20 years or so about global, global warming. So when you're looking at climate from the global perspective, and when you're looking at it from a large area, uh, and, and as we're looking at hurricanes in particular, um, on a global perspective, because of the advances we made in satellite technology and others, we're able to see them a lot better. And Hey, Bill, uh, we're up against a hard break okay. here. Uh, Sorry. You're listening to In the All Patch Radio program, and we'll be right back.
Join Shale Magazine for the All Streams Networking Mixer on June 24th in San Antonio along the beautiful Riverwalk at Fogo de Chao, 849 East Commerce Street. The Mixer will feature the best of upstream, midstream, and downstream. Now all we need is you. If you're interested in being a sponsor or to purchase tickets, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest-growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEEK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link enter your information and we'll get you set up join the texas energy advocates coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry shale oil and gas business magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today, author and climate scientist, Bill Pickney, Uh, author of A Tale of Two Climates, One Real and One Imaginary. And Bill, before the break, we were talking about the intensity of hurricanes and are they getting stronger? Are there more occurring? And you're saying, no, they're not. Um, And so I want to get back on that topic because it seems like, and maybe I'm bleeding into another question. I want you to finish the answer because we had to cut you due to break. But it seems like there's a lot of hurricanes now, and, and, and that might be by design because they're, they're naming everything they can find under the sun, including uh, you know, tropical cyclones of any strength. So you were talking about that they've been flat, and yet we see there's more naming of them. So I really want to dig into this topic. Finish when you were saying that they are flat. What did that mean? Okay, what that means is that they're not increasing on a global scale when you add, add the, all of the regions of the world, not just the, the Atlantic region that, that, that we worry about most. Um, so in terms, in terms of the number of storms, if you look back in the rearview mirror of history and you look back far enough, you see that that trend line is, is downward, not upward, or it's flat in the case of number of storms. When you talk about the intensity of storms in terms of accumulated cyclone energy, which is a better metric for the intensity, you see that it's slightly downward over a climatic time period, 30 plus years. When you look at the data, the raw data, which I have done in the book and I and I show the graphics uh, associated with it and I cite where the where the numbers came from. you see that number of storms is flat. For example, and you know, on a short time scale, it's up and down. Uh, sure, sure. And, you know, I mean, we had ten time. years where we didn't didn't hardly have any hurricanes. That's right. right. I mean, that is a very very good point. I was trying to think of that ten year period. I think it was like 
2000 to 2012 or so. Yeah. There were very few hurricanes along the Atlantic coast and the, the Caribbean. And so on the number of storms being named, you know, when I was a kid, we, um, it seemed to me, if my memory serves correctly, that we were only naming hurricanes, actual hurricanes when they got to 75 miles an hour wind speed. Now it seems like we name every cyclone that's out there. I mean, when are they going to start naming cold fronts? Yeah. I, you know, but, but every depression, every tropical storm gets a name now. Isn't that right? And, and that is correct. And that is a raging uh, debate right now that why they're doing that um, yeah. and who's doing it. Uh, no, the, for example, last year was supposedly a record number of <laughs> storms, not just hurricanes, 75 miles in, uh, per hour and up, but depressions, cyclones. And it seems as though they're being named earlier. Therefore, yeah. there's more of them. And really, the other thing to keep in mind is that what we really are concerned about is the hurricanes that are hitting landfall. There are a lot of hurricanes that never, you know, they spin themselves out. Right, wherever. they spin out in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. yeah. And Bill, and Bill, I want to briefly just cut in here and just say that, sure. you know, where our show is obviously called in the oil patch radio show, but obviously there's a direct connection between the attempt to put all of the majority of what's happening and the climate on the backs of oil and gas and hints to why we have all of these problems that we've gone from the word climate, uh, global warming, when it wasn't warming anymore, to climate change. And now there's going to be a new word, David, I think it was like extreme climate change or something. Yeah, climate crisis or climate emergency, you know, there's just... So get uh, ready, folks, because you're getting yeah. ready to hear that come on. Right. Uh, but when but, you look, when you look at history, when you... Don't look yeah. at these models that don't work. Right. What you see is that there is no emergency. There is yeah. no crisis. And it's so not the fault of oil. Right. No. And so what you're more or less saying is what a lot of the scientists that come on the show discuss. When we get back from break, I want to talk about Hurricane Harvey and change it just a little bit. You're listening to the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is author and climate scientist Bill Peckney. Uh, the author of A Tale of Two Climates, One Real and One Imaginary. Hey, Bill. Uh, so let's let's talk about behavior of hurricanes, because we, we, 
Hurricane Harvey uh, mm -hmm. obviously was was very recent, 2017. It, it came on shore, changed directions a couple of times, went up and down the coast, uh, lingered for a week or more, flooded mm -hmm. everything along the Gulf Coast, and and we heard an awful lot of rhetoric from the climate change community that this was unprecedented, that, that hurricanes had never uh, behaved that way. But I'm old enough to remember, uh, I, I lived near the coast when I was a kid uh, and lived through Hurricane Carla in 1961, which came on shore, went up and down the coast, changed directions a couple of times, did incredible amounts of damage when there were a lot fewer people living along the coastline mm -hmm. then. Uh, so this is really, I mean, was, was Harvey's behavior in any way unprecedented event where hurricanes are concerned? No, it was a bad one in the sense that it sat there and spin and turned up the through water all over the place. Right. Um, but no, it's not unprecedented. When you look backwards, um, 1969, Hurricane Camille. Right. Uh, the Gulfport Biloxi, which was when the year I was with the hurricane hunters. And... Uh, you know, that one was bad because it happened. I mean, what, what, what is the control knob on our climate is not humans or their carbon dioxide or their fossil fuel use in their vehicles. What it's about is four things. The sun, water, 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by water. Uh, gravity the, and the spin of the earth and the inertia of the earth. And, you know, as that, as our earth spins, it drags the water along with it and the air along with it. And it's not we humans that are in control of that. Right. Control knobs are beyond our heavenly. Right. If it's all of those four things, and it really has very little to do with human and what we're producing and what we're doing, why, I mean, well, first of all, a storm chaser, hurricane chaser just sounds so grand. I'd love to have that job if, if I could get it. <laughs> it sounds amazing. But how, for sure, but, but how in the world do you think that we have gotten to a point where um, the discussion is so not even anywhere close to where we need to be? Where is the calling for the scientists to say, hey, this has gotten too far down the track. We're, we're, we're really moving away from the actual scientific discussion and moving into uh, theories that are unproven or um, things that are de designed uh, probably by these people saying it to scare the general public. And I guess my problem with the whole thing is the people who are saying this are elected officials who do not have a background whatsoever in physics or is a scientist whatsoever. And then yet they're, they're, they're discussing that this is coming from the scientific background or, or scientific uh, uh, community. But who is the scientific community? I mean, do you have any ideas or, or thoughts on how we've got so far down the road with the hurricanes are, are, are plentiful now and we're all in trouble because of climate change? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Fear is one of them that keeps a lot of scientists um, quiet and not talking loudly like other... Fear of what? Being like, ostracized? Being Yeah, fear for their careers. Fear, just fear of being ostracized is one thing. Yeah. Um, uh, another is the technology we have, the internet. Uh, there's so much more information out there 
that it's it's just not the same as it was before and it's hard to compete with the huge volumes of those who are speaking the loudest and and bill also isn't the government providing a perverse incentive on this by providing so much funding billions of dollars every year in funding related to climate change research but only to the quote scientists who have the right view on climate change right i mean there's no no real balance to what the government funds in climate change research is there there is not you are correct you hit the nail yeah, on I'm, the- I'm assuming you didn't get any federal government money for for the publication of your book i did not <laughs> i am the only, my only connection is is I wrote this book in retirement with the, there's, I have no skin in the game whatsoever other than the gas in my car and the heat, the heat. And and your experience, your education and telling the truth and, and why I bring that up is because I think it is important to understand, you know, I think the last I checked that Al Gore was scheduled to be, uh, the first billionaire made off of making a movie that, that did not come true. And you look at all the subsidies and the government um, where their path is on trying to level the playing field between uh, these renewables and oil and gas. And you have a motive, at least a financial motive in many ways. There's a lot of people who are going to get a lot of money. Um, And it kind of goes the same thing with there's a whole lot of contracts when we go to war and it's very lucrative. Think about that. That's pretty terrible. But it also is in a lot of ways the same way. Mm -hmm. Is climate change really being utilized to help prop up an industry and um, make more people uh, you know, very, very rich. And I think that's the question that I really wanna to try to get to today is, is, is that what's, what's really going on here? And maybe we should look at it a little more carefully before we just believe what our talking heads are saying. And I'm not saying it's not true because I don't have the background, the education or the scientific background just to say it's true or not, but this is exactly why we want to interview you. And when we return from break, I want to get back on the topic about our talking heads and their focus and get a little bit more into that detail. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kim Bilotto, wanting to talk to you about how to age gracefully. As a woman, my appearance is important to me. It makes me feel good about myself when I feel I'm taking care of myself. And I have been visiting a woman for many years who has helped me with my wrinkles, my skin's elasticity. And you know, a lot of people think it's really just involving women, but it's not. Many, many men also seek treatments as they see the aging process occurring. I visit Cynthia, my friend of many years, who is a master injector for San Antonio Cosmetic Surgery. I feel very comfortable going to her and allowing her to just do her work on me. Pick up the phone, call Cynthia, make an appointment and see what she can do for you because it has taken years off of me. So if you want a free consultation with Cynthia, give them a call at 210-641-4320. Again, the number is 210-614-4320. Or you can visit their website at sanantoniocosmeticsurgery.net. Be sure to tell them that Kim within the Oil Patch Radio Show sent you. 
The Crude Association of San Antonio invites you to the 7th Annual Golf Tournament and Sporting Clays Competition to benefit the Alzheimer's Association San Antonio and South Texas Chapter and the Carl McCain Memorial Foundation. It's Thursday and Friday, August 26th and 27th at the JW Marriott San Antonio Hill Country Resort and Spa. For more information and to register for the event, go to casa.dojiggy.com but do it soon as spaces will go quick. That's C-A-S-A dot D-O-J-I-G-G-Y dot com. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, The Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Bill Peckney, who is the author of A Tale of Two Climates, One Real and One Imaginary. Yeah, Bill. Uh, so one of the things we, we hear um, going back, you know, to, to the hurricanes um, is this focus on the dollar damage a particular storm has done. Sure. And of course, those numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger as we go through time. Um, but isn't that really more reflection of first inflation of the dollar, which uh, gosh, we're going through a real severe period of time on that right now. And then over the last 50 years, so many more people and businesses have located along the coastlines, you know, when, when in the sixties, fifties and earlier part of this country's history, people didn't, you know, we didn't really have big populations along the coastlines other than in a few cities. Uh, but now uh, our, popula- our, our coastlines are very populated. So in the combination of more people, more businesses, more infrastructure and inflation, really what is causing these damage no- numbers to go up over time? Absolutely. 
And I think uh, and a part of that, that's absolutely the case where the frequency and intensity are going down, the damage is going up. Uh, uh, the other part of that is, is I think we still need to do some work on building codes too. Um, and, and you know, people, and I'm the first one to love being by the water is- uh, Me too. We need to be careful. And, and, and I think uh, all along the coastlines, we need to at least look into building codes and make sure they're appropriate if people are going to insist on being in harm's way or, or and recognize that. that. Yeah, you talk, talk about building codes. Um, you know, I, I, my wife and I, our family, we spend a lot of time in Galveston and along other cities in the Texas coast. And I know in Galveston, after Hurricane Ike, uh, my goodness, uh, the building codes changed radically after Ike. The island was largely flooded like it was back in 1900 in the big storm then. And, I think and uh, yeah, I, go ahead, go ahead. I think Texas is one of those that, that, that has improved building code-wise. I'm not so sure that's the case everywhere, though, uh, along the coastline of the United States. Can I ask a question on, let's look at another region, because I think David hit, hit the nail on the head earlier when he said, or, or maybe it was you, Bill, social media and just the um, amount of information traveling so quickly because of the internet. But it also seems like the hysteria has grown because it also, it just seems like the, these hurricanes or, or even tornadoes have gotten worse. What about in other parts of the world too, the, the hysteria? Are, is, is other areas like the Pacific region, are their hurricanes getting worse? It, it, I understand they probably don't have building codes the way the United States does to, to rebuild, but is there a difference maybe on that part of the world where the United States is not feeling it, which I wouldn't think that, but I want people to understand how ridiculous the conversation is when we talk about the intensity of hurricanes and how the rhetoric has gotten, you know, to be so loud, but yet where is the data and the proof that backs it up? So are the other areas in the world, like Pacific, having problems? Yes. And, and what's interesting is when the Pacific is uh, on the short time scale now, when the, the, the Typhoons in the Pacific are going up. Generally, not always, but generally, they're down in the Atlantic and the yeah. in the Caribbean, and and therefore, but when you add them all together, we get that flatness I talked about earlier, or, or not increasing, and and so that's just an interesting item that I've seen it looking like through all of this data. Yes, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Earth's climate has a way of balancing itself out, right? It does. It really does. That is a very true statement in my humble opinion. What about tornadoes? I, you know, I mean, yeah. cyclonic events are cyclonic events, and yeah. onshore, it's tornadoes. And, of course, every year we, we hear the Weather Channel and meteorologists talk about how tornadoes are becoming so much more frequent and so much more intense, just like hurricanes. But is yeah. that really true where tornadoes are concerned? No. Tornadoes are down. And when you look at tornadoes, you, there's five categories of tornadoes, if, uh, just like there are for hurricanes. And the severe tornadoes are significantly down over the climatic time period of the last, and I'm trying to think of what the, I showed this data in my book, um, the last 50 years at least. And I think I, I just don't remember the the, no, the, well, that is, the well, that is, 
That is good to know, Bill. But before we leave the show, I do want to give our listeners, we just kind of basically opened up your book and Mm -hmm. talked just briefly about it. But everyone should go get this book, especially if you're concerned about about climate change and about hurricanes and tornadoes. Where can they go to get your book, A Tale of Two Climates, One Real and One Imaginary? Okay, first of all, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. It's there, and, you, and you, just a simple search on my name, Bill Peckney, P-E-K-N-Y, or just a search on A Tale of Two Climates, and you'll find it there in both hardcover and uh, ebook form. Or you can get it from me directly uh, through my website, bill at twoclimates.com. If you want a signed copy, I will get it to you, and I will pay for the, uh, the tax and the uh, shipping cost of it. Oh, what a bargain. Yes, it's a little bit better than Amazon. (laughs) Thirty bucks even for the hardcover, uh, and it includes uh, um, shipping and uh, and sales tax. Well, Bill, on behalf of David and I, we want to thank you for being a guest today and helping us clear some of the misconceptions that go on about um, climate change and of course, of course, hurricanes. Um, Thank you for being a guest on today's show in the World Patch Radio Show. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be with you. Thank you, Bill. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.